this can be applied to to the loss. You know, no one lost or saved can receive anything unless the Lord opens it up unto them. John, the third chapter, in the 27th verse, Jesus answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Think about that. What does the word nothing include? Your ability that you have. You said, I went to college. I took training. They were merely hands, people in the hands of God. You know, when we look at this. So let's turn to Luke 24. Luke 24. When you can get this truth, you will know that uh, the Lord is in control of your life and everything that you know and everything that you have, uh, that uh, he is there with you and for you. And, and uh, you know, we just need to un- understand that our Lord is Lord of all. So here in Luke 24, beginning with verse 13, Jesus here appears on the road to Emmaus. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they were commuting together and reasoning, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But the eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are those that he have one to another as he walk and are sad. One of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass here in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mightily indeed and word before God and all the people. I noticed, stuck out the first time I read this, that, uh, you know, one of them whose name was Cleopas ancient said, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known the things which are? You know, uh, Jesus walked among them. 
They didn't know who he was. If you're here today and you leave the building lost, Jesus was here, but you didn't see him. You didn't feel him. You didn't respond to him. Verse 19, And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a powerful uh, prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Jesus is our example, amen? amen? He was our example in deed and in word. We ought to believe the Bible because this is God's word. Amen. And we ought to make the Bible alive in our life because Jesus is our example. Now, as we go to these scriptures, 13 through 35, we will catch up on each scripture. But when we look at verse 25 through 27, you know, we said, uh, you know, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken? Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter unto his glory? And beginning as Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. I'll just put in a little edge here. Very few people don't read the Old Testament. When God gave the Bible, there wasn't an old and new Bible. It was just one Bible. They divided it into chapters and verses so we could easily, more easily. So the Old Testament is just as important as the New Testament because it's God's Word. But... Here in verse 28, and they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, blessed it, and break and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him. Now, I believe that this bread is symbolic of the bread of God. If you want to know God, you've got to feast upon this bread, Amen. the bread of life. You can know about him. But to know him, you've got to know the word of God. You've got to get in the word of God. These are the words of God. And most people, and I've got a, several books, so I'm including myself. But I believe if we would spend more time reading the book instead of books about the book, we would be better. But the books about the book let us get insight. But if we're not careful... You know, when an author writes, his thoughts are in that book. And the word of God is God's word. 
he said in 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now, let's take this verse 27 just a moment. And people tell me sometimes, I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm a Bible Christian. I'm just not a New Testament Christian. And he said, beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they grew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went and interred with them. Then, as we said a few minutes ago, it came to pass, uh, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, blessed it, break it, and gave to them and their eyes were open. Want to know about him? Here it is. His autobiography. Want to know everything about him? Right here. And God used an example for us. This is the bread of life. For us to live in this world, we've got to have bread. I'm not talking about my favorite Cornbread or rolls, but we got to have bread. Got to have bread. To grow in Christ, we got to have the bread of life. Amen. Put down the books about a book for about a week and just read the book. And you'll see that if you're saved and if you don't understand a lot, it could be that you're not quite in full fellowship. See, sometimes when I'm reading and it becomes, you know, man, this is boring. But I'm trying to read the Word of God, and I've got this on my mind, and that on my mind, and that on my mind, and that is where in my life I meditate. You know, I'm a big advocate of meditation. So to get the world and to get my sorrow out of me, I meditate for a few minutes, and I go back into the Word of God, and it's clear. It's better. I understand. See, that's why the people say, I, I, I could read, but I'm so tore up about things in my life and in my family that, you know, I wouldn't comprehend anything. Then you need to get those things set aside, and if you practice meditation, and I'm not talking about getting in the middle of the floor and all that foolishness, but meditation is good. It's healthy. So you see that how did these disciples got to know who was in among their midst? He's here. He's here. But if you're bogged bogged down with worry and sin and confusion, won't have no effect on you. You've got to get that out of your life. You come into the house of God. You're here to worship the Lord. Amen. Clear my mind, Lord. And that's what you do when you get along with just you and God. 
It is the Spirit's job to open the Scriptures to man because the natural man cannot understand it without help. That's what 1 Corinthians 2.14 says. It says, but it's written. Eve, you know, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You know, if, if God had given you or me blessings early in life, it may have drawn us away from God. So we got to be focused on the Lord because he said, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Still in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Paul said, but as it is written, I have not seen nor you heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. as we brought up slightly this morning, that uh, God loved John more than he loved the rest of them. We all do that. We just don't want to embarrass ourselves. But God reveals it. God have revealed unto him us by his spirit. I mean, it, it is just wonderful how God works. Look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We look at John chapter 10 and uh, verse uh, uh, John chapter 10. Let me see where I want to go. No, let's, let's go to John 16. John, the 16th chapter, verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Why do some people seem to have a a better understanding of the times we're living in? Because God will reveal to those who are close to him, who depend upon him. That's how God works. You know, he... He tells us in his word, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. 
It's in the Bible, if we will rightly divide the word of God, the end of time is upon us. All I'm waiting for is the big barrier come down on Israel, then you better pack up and ready to go because we're out of here. But Russia and the Ukraine, you know, he, Russia thinks he can do anything he wants to. And as long as we have a weak White House and a weak Senate and a weak Congress, he will. But God said, I'll show you these things. I'll show you these things. You know, but we got to get familiar with the word of God. We got to be, uh, you know, rightly dividing the word of God. And, you know, notice with me, as we look at the word of, of the Lord, we see that God answers us. He, he, he just gives us the answers that we need. And that's what he did in First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. You ever met somebody that can quote more scriptures than you can? And you were sort of envious of them. But if you sit there and listen and talk about the scriptures they were quoting, they have no idea what God is saying. So we really need to uh, not only know the scriptures and memorize the scriptures, which is excellent for us to do, but we need to realize that uh, God is going to reveal to us. God said in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, you know, as we look at this portion of Scripture, Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. God says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? It is... Number one, my job is to reveal and to preach and expound Jesus Christ as the only way to get to glory. It's not one of the ways. He's the only way. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Because preachers are more interested in getting noses in the pew than hearts that are transferred. Transform, excuse me. 
Contrary to what many believe, the Spirit of God opens the Scripture to the lost that they might be saved. Psalms 25, 8 makes it clear, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will He teach sinners in the way. You know, this is what God wants us to read. This is what God wants us to study. And as we look at the Word of, of God and we become familiar with the Word of God, you know, He blesses us. <coughs> Notice. This one does quote it, but I want you to see it. Psalms 25. Psalms 25. God says here in his word, the 25th chapter and verse 8, good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. He does the teaching. You can't understand anything unless the Spirit of God teaches you. I've, I've got commentaries. I've got concordance. Do I look and see what some man thinks about this verse or that verse? Of course I do. But when you pick up a concordance or you pick up a dictionary and, you know, we got a Bible dictionary and we, we got a regular dictionary, we got all kinds of dictionaries. And if you're not careful, the meaning of biblical words change from the old edition to the new edition. Have you ever wondered why we have Webster's Dictionary New Edition? Well, I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Because they want to make the meaning of sodomy and, and gay and all that palatable. So if you got a Webster's, you know, oh, 16, 18, 28, whatever you got, keep that. Because the meaning in that is still the same. And the reason I say that, because once you read it in a dictionary, you read it in a concordance, and you see, they must know what they're talking about. You must have not listened to any Sunday morning preaching on TV. They use versions I ain't ever heard of. Well, it's, it means the same. No, it doesn't. If you're going to repeat me, don't tell somebody what you think I said. You tell them what I said. Contrary to what many people believe. You know, 25, Psalms 25, 8 said, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. He will teach 
If you know what a, the Bible verse means, God has showed it to you. The Lord does the opening. Repeating a prayer will not save you. Knowing the scriptures will not save you. Taking Bible classes will not save you. And I'm not against those things. But they are to improve what you already know. Not to enlighten to you salvation. Only the Spirit of God can save a person. That is so simple, I'm almost embarrassed to teach it. But people have forgot it. I was saved. You see some of these evangelists on television and they come down the aisle blowing bubble gum and talking and, you know, it's like it was a party. When God saved me, he broke my heart. He showed me that I was no good. I was a sinner. I deserved hell. And I had a preacher that taught me if you want to find out what God means you get a Bible and you read it and you read it and you read it and the more you read it, the more it becomes plain to you. Because you'll see things you swear up and down wasn't there last time you read it. Well, it was there, you weren't ready for it. You know, but let's go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. What a glorious scripture this is. John 6. Don't want to quit till I read, get this. No, I won't finish that today. But notice with me. In John the 6th chapter, and verse 44. He says here in Gospel of John, chapter 6, and verse 44, he said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. See, Lexington Baptist College was where I started out night class under a lot of good men. But some of the men looked down on me when I went to Cincinnati Baptist College where Brother Wells was. Brother Wells is, you know, he's a little liberal. No, what Brother Wells was, he was so winning. Once God teaches you something, Brother Wells believes you need to share it. You know, 
you mothers, you know how your daughter become good cooks? Sure you do. You know how your sons and daughters become good with money, know how to handle money? Somebody shows them. God shows us. He said, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. You got to make sure that what you believe was God taught you. And he only used one book. One book. said, Not that man have seen the Father, in verse 46, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. You can't have eternal life by joining a church. You can't have eternal life by joining to the waters of baptism. You can't have eternal life by repeating a prayer. You have eternal life when you've heard the word and God opens up your understanding. But I want to tell everybody what I've done. If you're saved, the only thing you've done was acted as the Spirit of God worked. If the Lord didn't move you, you're such a pretend Christian. Right. He said in verse 48 of John 6, Let's read verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Now, let's just analyze that verse. Now, our Christian friend says, you know, you must be baptized. I believe you should be baptized. But you don't even have scriptural baptism unless you are baptized by a church that has the authority. Don't expect a lot of people to agree with that, but that's facts. You're arguing with the Bible, you're not arguing with me. But God said, God said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, in verse 47, He that believeth unto me hath everlasting life. So it, if, if the water has anything to do with it, you've got to make a profession of faith while you're in the water, Halfway down, all the way down. See, it don't make any sense. God saves you. And what does he use? He used the man of God that preaches the word of God, which the spirit of God is pleased to bless. He said, I am that bread of life. Your father did eat manum in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that as many may thereof eat thereof and not die. 
and I'm, I'll finish with, with this. You know, as I told, you know, my wife fell into my arms and I slowly put her down on the floor. Corner came 25, 30 minutes later, and she pronounced her dead. I said, she's been dead a long time, 30, 35 minutes. <laughs> and she's with her Savior now. And she just looked at me. She's with the Savior. No pain. No pain! Amen. God can do what med- medical people can't do. Amen. See, the Lord does the opening, and God does the break. question you know uh, us three the only one only three left in the you know the bank's clam and I've got two brothers I have never seen and you don't have to agree with this statement I will see them and I will recognize them And we'll be together in unity. If that's not worth fighting for, I don't know what is. I told Kim as I I said, you know, if there's if there's anybody in heaven that shouldn't be there, and you and I both know there isn't. There was something about Dora that when she was in uh, Georgia that they just came to her like a magnet. And at some point, you know, I said to myself, I'm the preacher. (laughs) But I learned a lesson. God has somebody that only you can reach. So if you got a burden on your heart about somebody and you want me to visit them, I'll visit them, but you're the one that ought to visit them. You ought to get your message together and and said, I'm the servant of the Lord. He wants me to talk to you. All I'm asking is five minutes to silence and you just listen and I'll stay here and listen to you as long as you need to be we got to get our loved ones hearing the word of God song leading pianist come and yes